Welcome to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with John Balserac. John has been in the financial services industry for over 20 years and has dedicated his business career to helping families accomplish their financial goals by focusing on their core values, which involve balance and clarity of all four asset classes, financial, intellectual, social, and human. Contact John Balserac at 888-949-7475 or on the web at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. And now here's John to help you create lifestyles and build legacies. And welcome back to another show of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. I'm your host, John Balserac with A4 Wealth Advisors and my great co-host, Tony Shore from the great state of Minnesota. <laughs> Tony, how are you this morning? Well, I'm doing good, but yeah, it is Minnesota this time of year. A lot of sleet and snow, but um, North Carolina, I'm doing good. Although, you know, you and I joked around about the Vikings-Carolina game. Yeah, well, we bet $100,000 <laughs> on it, not. Tony. Um, <laughs> and I'm... I need to take a few zeros and I'm glad. off. I thought the Vikings could take those Panthers, but <laughs> you know, because you you were wanting to do ten grand, and I had to lower it to ten bucks. <laughs> could you imagine? I would have messed up your Christmas. Yeah, that could have put a that would have put a dent in the old Christmas right there. But but John, uh, yeah, your Panthers, uh, the Panthers. I'm sure they everyone uh, is happy uh, who are Panthers fans here in Carolina. But um, the it was. I mean, you know, coming off the, that Saints loss, but, you know, the Saints have done, had such a good year. They have, although the Vikings. Um, they just looked awesome. Then I said, oh, my God, we got the Vikes the weekend after the Saints. Um, and you guys have had an outstanding season. But um, I got to give the Panthers yeah. credit for their 31-24 victory over the Vikes. It was a it good was. game. And, uh, you know, heck, maybe we still have a chance. We'll I, see. I think you do. I mean, if you can keep on that upswing. Um, I don't. Well, I mean, the Dolphins upset the Patriots. That is unbelievable, so, isn't it? So that just tells you any given it's Sunday. It's true because the Dolphins have been horrible this year. I know. They're one of the worst teams. Not you know not the worst, but they were definitely in the lower yeah. tier. And upset uh, Tom Brady and the, and, uh, the Patriots. You know, yeah, good, good really. for them. I was actually rooting for the Dolphins on that one. I, I, yeah. I was too. I was well, too. Well, what are we talking about on today's show? I thought we'd just stick with awesome. football today. I love you know? pro ball. You know that. <laughs> well, today, for our listenership out there, we're going to talk about um, our main topic is, are the millennials in your life financially wise? Good question. And I'm sure there's some parents out there probably laughing. <laughs> um, but this is a good topic. It's a good topic to talk about millennials. And, you know, uh, we're going to talk about millennials and money. And I think... Uh, maybe philosophies they may have developed and maybe ways to help our listenership out there help your millennials, perhaps your millennials are your children, so that they make smarter financial decisions. Yeah, and that's important. And I, I'm sure we actually, we might have some millennials out there listening. Um, I know the millennials are one of the largest listening audiences to radio, which surprised me, but that's just because there are so many of them. Um, they don't listen to as much radio. Uh, but I know that people in that category probably are listening. We have at least a few. And, of course, we have a lot of folks who are parents of millennials listening. So this is an interesting topic. Uh, but tell me, John, why do you think millennials need financial advice? 
Well, everyone needs That's financial true. advice. Good point. You know. Good point. You know, everyone needs financial advice. Millennials are a fascinating generation. I say fascinating. And I'm not going to get into entitlements or this or that, but, you know, I think that how you grew up, it, it says a lot about how you react later in life. And, for example, if you've had a parent or a grandparent that lived through the, the Depression, I mean, they still have that Depression mentality where they're just savers, they don't overspend, um, they're extremely conservative with their money. And you look at the millennials, I don't want to say it's the opposite end of the spectrum, but it kind of is. You know, they never really had to, had to live through extreme hardships like the Depression or the Bob Hope generation did. And you see a lot of differences in their philosophies on how they save money or how they think of money. Um, and, you know, just the effects of a global economy are very uh, prevalent yeah. today. And, you know, millennials grew up in a unique time. Technology has made some of the greatest leaps. It's the microwave society. You know, you don't wait. You want it now. You want it yeah. yesterday, basically. I want it yesterday. And, and, and you know, and, I, and you know, you really can't blame millennials that much. I mean, you can to some extent, depending upon how they're parented. But I have, we have a 24-pound tabby cat oh. that I inherited, you know, when I married my wife because she bought that cat. And, of course, it's a male cat, but she named him Peaches. But he's a good 25 pounds. <laughs> But she, he's been declawed, you know? So the, the thing is, if I took Peaches, who's been declawed and spoiled and overfed his whole life, and I threw him out into the jungle, I don't know what his life expectancy would be, you know? But I mean, is it my fault or is it the cat's fault, you know? I created the right. environment. A jungle? So you just let I him out in the front yard, he probably wouldn't last. Well, he actually does. He, for some reason, I guess he's intimidating enough. They don't know he doesn't have claws. <laughs> So I think his sheer size uh, works for That's him. Good. But if you put him like in, in the jungle jungle, you're probably right. He wouldn't no. have that much of a life expectancy. So, you know, this day of technology, uh, things are easy. Um, money's been easy. The economy's been relatively good. If you look at the last 100 years, you know, no major depression. And, you know, millennials have lived through a period of these technological and economical advances in, in, in prosperity for a very long time. And sometimes, in my opinion, that can skew the reality of what it takes to really work hard, earn a dollar, save a dollar. Um, just like if you had, a, I have a few friends in college that had big trust funds. You know, they weren't hugely motivated to like graduate college with honors and go get a job because they didn't have to. So, you know, these are some of the points we're going to talk about today, maybe some ways to, to help our listeners out there to help shape uh, some ideas that can help millennials make good, wise financial decisions. Yeah, and it's going to be a great show. I think this is a good topic to cover. Uh, but before we really dig into it, what's the technical definition of a millennial? So we're all on the same page about who we're talking about here. I knew you were going to ask that, Tony. <laughs> I thought you were millennial. No, you look like I'm one. not a I mean, millennial. My son, whippersnapper, my son is almost uh, part of the millennials. Okay, so then there we go. So there, you know, obviously, if you look at what a millennial is, and this is again according to Pew Research, that millennials are those that are born between 1981 and 1997. So 81 to 1997. And if you do a quick browse on the internet, uh, it will show you that time periods aside, many people have stereotypes 
about what comprises a millennial, okay? So, and again, you don't want to be stereotypical, but it could be that you have a high number of people that might fall in this category that are born between those dates. Characteristics are the following. Those with overwhelming student loans. Uh, those with meager wage growth. Um, those that are underemployed or don't really want to seek meaningful employment. Uh, or on more of a personal note, they are described as, and I don't mean to offend anybody out there, okay, as lazy, narcissistic, coddled, prone to discontent at jobs, uh, never feeling it's enough, uh, feeling that they should maybe get special or preferential treatment when, of course, maybe their parents or grandparents, you know, paid a much bigger price. So it's hard to get these things yeah. out there, okay, despite their, you know, being... 92 million millennials, that's a lot, making it the largest generation in America today. Now, I thought the baby boomers was big, uh, but the millennials are bigger. And it seems that no other generation has been openly criticized, praised, and misunderstood. So they get a lot of different things, you know, because you have some of these millennials that are, that are billionaires. They have oh, yeah. great ideas, they're smart. You have other ones that feel like, hey, you know, they've just not been given enough or they are, you know, they come into your your office looking for a job and you need to pay them a hundred grand the very first day and they get six weeks vacation <laughs> and they have not yeah. even done anything. Yeah. You know, and I mean, unfortunately, we've, we've interviewed some people like this, you know, and like, you know, they're upset if they don't get everything they want the first day before they've ever proven themselves. Yeah. So, you know, you know, while they may be one of the largest generations in history, their spending power at age 25 is vastly different than it was for the average baby boomer. And, you know, and obviously at A4 Wealth, we focus on retirement and estate planning. So the majority of our clientele is, you know, the baby boomer generation. Well, and you, you make some good points. And there are these stereotypes, which unfortunately in many cases are true. And as you mentioned, in many cases aren't. But one thing that is true are a few things that, you know, uh, you mentioned there, like the overwhelming student loans. There's been meager wage growth or underemployment. Um, uh, but but these things do make it vastly different than it was for the baby boomers, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, there's a lot of factors um, that the previous generations didn't have to deal with to the same extent. Perhaps, Tony, again, you know, I don't have all the answers, but... Um, maybe the answer is that millennials are faced with financial challenges that aren't simply overcome by wise budgeting choices. And, you know, we, we can start with student loans, for example. You know, according to Market Watch and Business Insider, America's student loan debt uh, has grown to 2,726 uh, every second. So that's more than $1.3 trillion. Uh, yeah, $2,700 every second. That's crazy. Uh, and that number keeps getting higher. You know, what amazes me is like, I remember when we were in college, and, and Tony, maybe you remember this, our dorm room was almost like a prison. It had like cinder blocks. It was, I had white paint on the wall, on the cinder blocks. It just didn't have bars, you know, but it was, and, and then I go to these colleges today, they look like swank, upscale, luxury apartments. Wow. So, you know, you just see a big difference yeah. out there, you know? Uh, but, you know, the, the student loan debt keeps getting higher and higher. Now, to put things into perspective on how much it has changed for millennials, 
student loans were at $200 billion at the beginning of the century. Now, a little over 15 years later, that's just back in 2000, and now we're wrapping up 2017, uh, we've seen student loan debt grow over six times that amount. That's a lot, you know, and I wonder if a lot of millennials even consider paying that back. I know there's a lot of protesting about how they should get free college. You know, I worked my butt off to pay for college. And what I couldn't pay for, you know, either bartending or waiting tables, you know, I'd gotten some scholarship money and then the rest I personally borrowed and I personally paid it all back, all of it. So, you know, now I do think the cost of education's gotten outrageous, but you know, if you borrow money, you should pay it back. Um, you shouldn't put that on a taxpayer or someone else having to work harder to make it easier for somebody else. Again, that's my personal right. opinion. Uh, you know, to make matters even worse, this generation hasn't been purchasing large ticket items like property, you know, like getting a first home or condo or apartment due to not only the crippling loan debt, but also there's been anemic wage growth out there. So they're not making as much, but they also have, I don't want to, how do you say this, Tony, to make it politically correct? Um, having like a champagne taste with a, maybe a beer sure. salary. Um, so it's very hard. It's very hard to be brought up in that kind of environment where you really like the nicer things, but you really can't afford them. And consequently, home ownership among millennials is at an impressive 38%, while their wages likely play uh, a large role in that. Uh, there's another article, uh, according to the Economic Policy Institute, that says that millennials are seeing stagnant wages and earning the same average of $17 an hour that generations 30 years ago saw. So, you know, again, can't blame it all on the millennials, right? I mean, they've been given a lot of nice things. They've, been, they've had a great lifestyle because their parents worked really hard and maybe made a lot more money so they could afford these. You know, you grow up in a lifestyle that's opulent. It's hard to go the other way, yeah, you know? It, uh, it doesn't help that the price of also big ticket items like cars and homes have also increased exponentially. Yeah. Um, so another interesting thing I would say to note about millennials is that their social choices are vastly different than those of the baby boomers. And, you know, for past generations, it was normal that by age 25, you might be married, uh, own a house uh, that was more affordable back then, uh, have a child or two, and, you know, having meaningful wage increases. Today, the typical 25-year-old seems to be single. Until, you know, some cases we see this happening until they're in their early 40s. Um, or, you know, it's just getting later and later and later, I should say, before they're getting married. Oftentimes uh, still living with parents and working some sort of menial job uh, while in pursuit of a higher level of education. So they kind of, you know, try to do whatever they can to save money, get the highest jobs, and maybe they can get the best uh, job with the best wages. And that makes sense. Uh, for most part, it seems millennials are also postponing some of the important life milestones that generations before them did not delay. And a lot of that, Tony, is probably for financial reasons. Well, yeah, for sure. And, you know, all this does paint a pretty bleak picture of the economic woes that millennials have to face, don't you think? <laughs> I do. You know, I, you know, that's why I think America does need jobs, a lot of different jobs. Um, and at all different levels. And you need to think about, you know, where are you gonna focus your time and energy when you go get a job? 
Um, but, you know, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I don't, you know, depending upon how you look at it, there are definitely pros and there's cons to being a millennial, just like there is to every generation, just like there's pros and cons to every financial product that's out there. You know, people that put a bias on a financial product, maybe they don't know how to use it, or maybe they don't know how to use it for a certain individual. Because there are pros and there are cons for every financial vehicle that's out there. So, you know, getting back to millennials, uh, you know, often we want to look at the information uh, that we have right now at our fingertips, you know, with the help of technology. I mean, between smartphones and social media, uh, the internet, you know, anything can be accessed instantaneously. Yeah. Do you remember the people that used to sell the encyclopedias? <laughs> yeah, door to door encyclopedia salesmen. <laughs> that was actually a thing. Can you imagine? I remember when I was like seven or eight how cool it was going through there. And now we've got Google, right? And a smartphone, and you can pull up anything right away. But, you know, you can even automate so much of your financial lives with tools like online banking. Uh, you know, on the flip side, they're also facing seemingly insurmountable student loan debt that, you know, it's going to just get bigger and bigger. Um, yeah, generations go on, or at least that's the trend. And there might not be enough in wages. Uh, to make up for what's stacked against them. You know, I'm not going to say that the student loan debt's a bubble, but it certainly looks like that way. And the fact that colleges, I mean, they're like, you know, in my opinion, you know, they keep increasing their cost. And they sometimes, I feel like, are part of the problem. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think there's... You know, in in a large sense. I mean, come on. A, A number, there's a number of factors, but that's at least a big part of it, obviously. Well, you know, this is an interesting topic, and we're going to dig into it a little bit more, uh, look at some possible solutions and get some tips from you in our next segment. But we have to take a quick break here. John, is there anything you want to add before we do? You know, we're going we're to talk in the next segment about things to do and solutions, not just talk about yeah. what's happening. Um, we do want to say, obviously, this is um, the holiday season. I do want to mention to our listeners that, you know, we're very big into outreach and We are looking to help sponsor a family that's befallen on hard times, whether they've lost a loved one, um, you know, over in Afghanistan, or maybe they lost one on the the side of the road, or maybe they've got an illness or serious unemployment or something that's kind of knocked them down. Our company at A4 Wealth is offering 12 months of mortgage or lease payments through the A4 Gives Back uh, Foundation. And that's through the Gradient Foundation. So they can they can go to a4wealthgivesback.com. Again, letter A numeric for wealthgivesback.com. And look to nominate a family that we can help. And again, this is not a handout. This is a hand up to help a family get back on their feet. So if you can nominate a family, that would be great. We would love to give this out before the Christmas holiday. Yeah, and that's really, really great. Uh, And I would encourage our listeners to give you a call, John, and set up that complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation. What's that phone number they can call once again? Yeah, they can give us a call toll free at 855-260-7361. Again, 855-260-7361. Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, 
but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Income Toolkit from A4 Wealth Advisors now by going to a4wealth.com or by calling us at 888-949-7475. And welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies with our amazing host, John Balserak of A4 Wealth Advisors, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. Now, in the first segment of the show, John, you talked about the different challenges that millennials face, high student loan debt, stagnant wages, less buying power than previous generations. Uh, do you have some tips now that you would recommend for millennials out there or those of us who might have loved ones that are millennials that we can take back and share with them? Yep, I think that uh, we, we definitely do, and that's what we want to do. The first and most important thing is that I cannot stress enough is to start saving as early as possible. Yeah. And a part of that, you need, you need to look and address the lifestyle. Like I said, it's very hard if, if you've been in a college and you know, you've been in a luxury type apartment for student housing and I even look now at downtown Charlotte. You know, when I was uh, when I graduated back in 1995 and moved down to Charlotte, man, the the uptown condos today are so swank. I mean, there was none of that downtown when when we were you know I say kids, but in our young 20s. So it's hard to say. Well, I'm used to this lifestyle. You know, do I need all these things? Because you you need to find a way to create discretionary income. And by not spending as much as one way, but also maybe finding ways to increase your income as another. And I think that once people take personal responsibility, Tony, for increasing their income or finding ways of how to increase their income and not using the B word, yeah. like if you know they can't yeah. afford something, I'm just gonna say yeah. it, leave it at that. I think that their life will be dramatically different. So, uh, but saving as young as you possibly can, you know, make make yourself have the discipline to save and not you know not live above your means. I know it's so easy to get credit today. It's so easy to get a credit card. It's so easy to finance a car, and maybe one that you really can't afford because financing and, and interest rates are low. Um, but let the let the power of compound interest and time value of money work in your favor. If you're in your young twenties and you can start putting away money now. I mean, you could retire 10 or 15 years younger than your other millennial friends because you're going to be that much further ahead. You know, it's amazing. You know, we, we learned the rule of 72 and you divide a number into 72 and it tells you approximately, you know, how fast your money's going to double. Well, what's amazing is if you get into your 50s and you're in your nest egg is say a half million dollars, then you know, the next double is a million. The next double after that is two million and then four, and then six, and mm-hmm. so forth. But what makes it really work is starting as young as sure. possible. So find ways to create discretionary income by not overspending. Find ways to create additional forms of way of making income. You know, I mean, I love the people that drive Uber or do side hustles, and you know, maybe there's a lot of different things you could do, but you need to find a way to make income, you know, or more income. And if you find ways to make more income, then you can definitely save more. So that would definitely be, you know, some advice I have for millennials out there today. Well, definitely. And uh, that's great advice. Now, 
compounding interest, obviously, the earlier you start, compounding interest is called the eighth wonder of the world for a reason. Uh, but how much difference does compounding interest really make? It's huge, right? Explain that a little bit more. Yeah, well, let's, let's take an example. So um, let's say you have two people and they decide to start saving at different times. And we'll say Josh and Jamie, okay? So Josh is 35 when he decides to start saving. Meanwhile, Jamie started at 25. So Jamie's got a 10-year head start. And let's say that Jamie decides to invest the exact amount as Josh. So all we, the only difference we really have, the only delta is 10 years, the time. Ultimately, um, she would contribute about 33% more than Josh over the duration of their careers, except she has a big bonus at the end. Jamie's savings would put her almost twice as much as Josh at the end of the day because she has a 10-year head start on compounding interest. So that's why it's the ace, you know, and it's real easy. I mean, compound interest is the money that makes money makes money. Right. Right? The money that makes money right. makes money. And, and every year that compounds and grows on the next year. And that's what makes it so incredible. You know, and obviously you want to make sure that you invest in the right areas. That's why you want to find a good financial advisor. You want to find someone that's got a fiduciary responsibility. Someone that's going to look to put your uh, money in investments that are going to grow. Right. You know, if you put it in the bank at, you know, 1% or you're not going to really get there. So you need to invest wisely on top of this, but start as early as possible because you'll have time value of money and compound interest on your side. Right. And compounding interest is huge. And uh, that makes it clear that it's always best to start saving early. But wouldn't you agree that it can be hard to prioritize retirement and savings when you're young and you want to spend your money on other things? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to have nice things. But, you know, I learned a long time ago that, you know, the wealthiest people that I know, they put their money into assets first and they bought their luxuries last. Middle income people and people that are below middle income tend to buy their luxuries first. So if you put your money into assets that can grow and create passive income, whether it's real estate, or whether it's even uh, you know stocks, bonds, you know real estate investment trust, whatever it might be, ETFs, things that can grow without you having to work them. You know, money never sleeps. First, then buy your luxuries last. You'll be in a much better position than those who don't do that. And, and I, know, I understand it's hard. You know, young people want to have nice things. They want to buy nice clothes. They want to buy nice shoes. You know, maybe you want to have a, a boat on Lake Norman. Uh, it's easy to spend money. But the problem is a lot of that will come with debt. And instead of you having your money compound and grow, you're financing debt. And when you finance debt, Tony, a lot of your money is going to interest. It doesn't do anything. Right. doesn't do anything yeah. for you. So, you know, and you know, and you might have a few friends that have really nice things. You want to kind of keep up with the Joneses mentality. Don't worry about that. You know, just focus on building your asset column as best you can. And in 15 or 20 years, you will live in the house you want to live in, or you will have the car that you want, but you'll be able to afford it. You won't be stressed out. You know, stress is a killer. It, it hurts our health. So just make sure that you make smart decisions. You know, if you have student loans, try to accelerate the payments. Try to get out of debt 100%, not put yourself into it. And you can make a lot of wise decisions. Instead of buying the, the, the best new car that's out and paying, you know, top dollar, buy one that's got fifteen or 25,000 miles on it. 
So all that, you know, that commission, you know, is written off and you're, you're, you're getting some value. You're not paying all that, you know, when you drive it off the lot and you lose 20%. You know, you can make wise buying decisions and just don't make foolish ones because they're going to cost you a lot of money right. in the long term. Now, our time is up for this week's show. It just flew by. Is there anything you want to add before we have to go today, John? Yeah, just to our listeners out there, um, you know, obviously we want to help you put a, put together a plan. And people don't fail to plan. Uh, they just they just I'm sorry they don't they don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. So whether you're a millennial or you're a baby boomer, get a plan. If you don't know where to get one, you can start with our firm. You can give us a call toll free at eight five five two six zero seven three six one. Again, eight five five two six zero seven three six one. Call us anytime, and then also don't uh, forget about our community outreach program where we're looking to help a family get back on their feet to make 12 months of mortgage or their lease payments, and they can go to letter A numeric four, that's A4WealthGivesBack.com, and they can nominate a family in need. And with that, we just wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. Thank you for listening to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Call 888-949-7475 or visit their website at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. John Balserzak and A4 Wealth Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.